Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. of the Sco Show, proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the great folks at SB Nation. My name is Mark Schofield, back in the big chair for today, Wednesday, October 28th, 2020, and it's Bills Week, and what we've been doing this season is trying to turn the page pretty quickly to talk about the upcoming opponent, and so we're going to do that today. We're going to talk some Buffalo Bills, specifically Josh Allen, and then second half of this show because we're going to take a look back at Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers in the first half of the show because I feel like we need to talk about the passing game and we need to do a deeper bit of a dive on it and so I'm going to talk about some plays I'm going to talk about Cam Newton I'm going to talk about this offense I'm going to walk you through what I've seen talking specifically about six plays and if you want to sort of follow along I did a video breakdown of these six plays as well that's going to be posted over at Pat's Pulpit. So you can see these plays yourselves. I'll give you timestamps and all that stuff. Um, So we're going to talk some Cam because it's an important question right now. It's the one everybody's asking. What's wrong with Cam Newton? What's wrong with this offense? I've been on Bill's podcasts and radio shows already this week, and the main question I'm getting is, are they going to bench Cam? Is it time for Stidham? What's wrong with this offense? And so I feel like, If that's what the people are talking about, if that's what the people are asking about, it's time to dive in. Before we do that, though, your usual cavalcade of reminders here at the outset. Follow on on the Bird app with the hijinks at Mark Schofield on Twitter. Check out the work. Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio. Not one, not two, but three SB Nation websites. Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, and of course, Pat's Pulpit. And yes, Touchdown Wire, part of the USA Today Wire Network, where I cover the league with Doug Farrar. Let's dive in to Cam Newton right now. And I should probably highlight that the impetus for this discussion, at least from where I sit, came via a tweet. Listener of the show, Escobar Season 11, at Escobar, S-Z-N underscore 11, asked, this was Sunday night, Monday morning, asking about the last podcast, how can you not discuss the lack of targets and effort given on the offensive side of Cam offensive side outside of Cam Newton? If there's no one open, then who do you throw to? Or do we run Cam until he gets hurt? You can't pin everything on Cam. And as I said on Twitter, that's absolutely fair. These are all fair questions. Um, so I said I would devote the first half of this show to talking about the offense and talking about the passing game. And I think it is important to sort of highlight at the outset that a lot of post game criticism 
when it comes to covering the NFL stems from what we are able to see. You know, and I I remember a moment, and we're actually going to talk about this play in a second, where Cam pulled the ball down and checked it down to James White. And I remember in that moment saying, you know, I don't know what he's seeing. I don't know why he pulled it down. Why did he pull that down? You know, then he throws it to James White, and it's a check down, and it's short of the sticks, and it's a bad decision, and they get stopped. I remember sort of saying, look, this looks bad, but I want to be able to see it to know for sure. And surprise, surprise, you're going to hear in a moment that Cam pulling the ball down was probably a very good decision. And so the gut reaction sometimes focuses on the quarterback because that's really what we can see. You know, sometimes we don't get the benefit of a replay angle to get a sense of where guys were and who was open. Or they might show one receiver and say, oh, everybody's covered downfield, but then you get to see it on the All-22. And it's like, oh, well, three guys were open. And so... I rewatched every pass and play, and I'm going to focus on six because I think they're emblematic of the near universal problems on the offense. And there are problems all over this offense right now. And the first play I want to talk about is that play where Newton pulled the football down. This is a third and four play at the 756 mark of the first quarter. Patriots have the ball on their own 41-yard line, right hash mark, third and four. They come out 20 personnel, two running backs. Newton's in the shotgun with White and Burkhead on his left and his right. Slot look to the left. Single receiver to the right. And Julian Edelman is the receiver to the outside on the left. He will come in short motion into a stack behind Nikhil Harry. And that's who he wants to throw to. Newton wants to throw this crossing route from left to right out of a stack formation to Julian Edelman. But he pulls it down. And the reason he pulls it down is even though they trail Edelman and it looks like it might be man coverage, they really drop into a zone coverage look. And they match Edelman across the formation trying to take away that crossing route. It's a zone match design. So they have somebody, a trail technique underneath Edelman. But Newton still looks there because now he's thinking, maybe it is still man, I can throw this. But then you see the opposite safety crash down on that to rob that, to take it away. And that's when Newton puts the, pulls the ball down. And it's a good no throw. I've talked about good no-throw decisions, this is a good no-throw decision. Because if he throws this, the best-case scenario is Julian Edelman gets popped. That's your best-case scenario. Worst-case scenario, this is a pick or it's a catch-fumble situation. But nothing bad's going to happen if you throw this. So it's a good no-throw. The problem becomes Newton then works the concept to the left side of the field where you have Nikhil Harry on this deep out route and James White in the flat. And he takes an extra second to sort of reset himself as he works through those options. And what happens in that moment is the corner undercuts the deep out route and the the other safety, not the one that robbed Edelman, but the one that was to that side of the field, he now crashes down on White. And so that extra second that Newton takes to sort of work through options two and three on the play gives the defense time to take those options away. 
if after pulling this football down, Newton simply resets and throws, both of those options are available to him. White's more open than Harry, but both of those options are available. He takes that extra second, then he makes a low throw, which exacerbates the problem. The throw is low. White has to pivot, peel back, and adjust to it, and he stops short. If Newton, after making the decision, as late as it is, throws this to the outside, White still has a chance to pick up the first now. So that's the first play I wanted to break down. The issue's there. It's a good no throw, but then he's a step late after resetting himself, and the throw is eventually low, and it forces an awkward adjustment from the receiver. Next play I want to talk about. It's a third and six at the end of the first quarter. Six seconds left in the first quarter. This is the Harry play where Harry gets blown up. Patriots are in a bunch to the left. And you've got Izzo, Harry, and Edelman. Izzo is your apex player, so he's the guy on the line of scrimmage. Harry on the outside. Edelman is on the inside. Edelman is going to come in zigzag motion in and out. Or in and away. And they're going to run a play, a three-receiver route concept from their weapon series. Weapon series is a three-receiver set of plays that includes what they call a ram route, which has the receiver, in this case it's going to be Edelman, run what looks to be like a, a mirrored slant where you angle outside towards the sideline on a diagonal and then you break back towards the inside. So it's like... It looks almost like a pointed C type of route. And then the rifle, the weapon series has variations of that, such as Texas, where the apex player will run a post, or rifle, where the apex player runs a dig. In this case, that's Izzo. And then the third receiver in both of those plays runs an under route, and that's going to be Harry running a shallow under crossing route. Now, I can't tell if it's the post version or the dig version, so if it's you know Texas or Rifle, because Izzo gets jammed off the line and cuts late, and I don't know if his cut on a, what looks to be a dig route is by design or just because he gets jammed, he's trying to get off the guy. So I can't tell for sure, but it's a play in that family. And what you're really working to do is, as the quarterback, you're looking crosser quickly, ram route from Edelman later. That's your one-two set of eye reads there. When Newton looks at the crosser, his first read, he immediately is under pressure. You get a stunt on the right side of the Patriots' offensive line. Outside guy comes in, inside guy goes out. Both those guys get pressure. And so Newton's under pressure and has to make a quick decision and he throws this under route, which is where his guys, his eyes go first. And it's a cover one man coverage situation with a rat, an underneath robber type defender who lights up Harry. If Newton had time to get to that second read, that ram route is open. Edelman is going to be open. But he doesn't have time. You get the twist to the right. Fred Warner... He's in the B-gap between the guard and the right tackle. He loops to the outside. Defender comes inside. Both those guys get pressure because the right tackle whiffs. James White whiffs. 
Newton has to make a quick decision, so he throws it his first color, first read, and Harry gets lit up. And so on that play, if Newton had more time, he would get to the right read, but he can't get there because he's under pressure. Next play, third and four. This is second quarter, 4.53. This is the two-hopper to Damian Bird, Damian Bird, along the left sideline. And long story short, Evan Lazar has talked about this. Other people have talked about this. The mechanics were a mess on this play. He steps in the bucket, steps wildly, steps towards the sideline, throwing chains all messed up. You can see the video. You can see it for yourself. The mechanics were a problem here. Period. Full stop. That's that play. I, I dive into it more in the video, which you can check but everything's just off. Everything's just off with the throw motion. Play four I want to talk about. This is the interception before halftime. And at the time, I was like, I don't understand this decision at all. With the benefit of the All-22, I can sort of understand it. Patriots, they're an 11 personnel, 2x2 two two formation, tight end and a win to the right, Edelman slot left. You got another deep receiver, another receiver, out to the boundary on the left. And then Jacoby Myers is the single receiver. Well, not the single receiver. He's the outside receiver on the right because it's a two-by-two formation. And pre-snap, the 49ers look to be in cover two, two high safeties, but they spin it a bit to a single high look. The route's really a three-receiver concept. Edelman from the slot runs a deep curl. Backside receiver Bird, he runs a dig route. And Myers runs a post. And that's basically what happens here. Now, what's interesting is it does sort of end up being like a single high. One of the safeties looks like he's dropping down as a robber. I don't know if he's just trying to take away Edelman's cross or if he's just dropping down or if he's reading it or what. But it does end up having a single high look to this, cover three. When Newton hits his drop depth, what he sees is the now single high safety on the hash mark towards the dig route with his hips opened towards the dig route. Basically, almost with his back to where Jacoby Myers is going to be running a post. And so when Newton hits his depth here, he sees a potential one-on-one opportunity with Jacoby Myers on this post route against a cornerback playing zone technique you could use an outside leverage. And let's not forget, it's first and 10 on your own 38-yard line. You're down 23-3, to and you got 36 seconds left in the half. So while in the moment, I didn't understand the decision, seeing what he saw when he hit his drop depth with that safety to the other side of the field with his back to the post route, I understand why he gave it a shot. Problem is, it's off target, Myers falls down, and the cornerback has one of the easiest interceptions of his life. And so the decision was okay. I understand that in the context of the moment, the execution was just a bit off. And it might be, again, a mechanical issue. Play five of six now. And this is one where I think it, it's a, it starts again with Newton and then you get to the offensive line. But they have to work in concert, and I'm going to get into that. This is a first and 10, 7.07 mark of the third quarter. It's 30 to six, okay? Game's getting out of hand. Patriots are in 21 personnel, Two receivers, two running backs, tight end. Offset eye to the right with a pro formation to the right. Quick play action look. The tight end 
and the tailback, I'm going to run little crossing routes working from right to left. Fullback Jakob Johnson releases to the flat. You're going to get a dig route from the receiver on the right and a stutter and go from Damier Bird. Okay? You get this against a cover two look. Newton comes out of his play action fake, hits his drop depth, and friends, four of the five receivers are open. The double move along the left sideline, you can make that whole shot, right? Because it's a cover two. That safety is just outside the hash mark. Corner is staying in the flat. You can throw the whole shot. The other receiver, he's working his dig, working towards the inside. That's open because the play action fake has brought the linebackers down a bit. The safety staying over the top. You can throw that. Either one of the routes from Dalton Keene or Damian Harris those quick little under routes, those are both open. Newton doesn't throw any of them. He bounces in the pocket. One, two, three, four, five, four times. And then the pressure starts to get home. Right guard finally starts to lose the battle. And Newton gets flushed. But the ball should have been out. You know, this is one of those moments where guys like Matt Chatham and others have said, look, you can decry the weapons around him, but guys are open. And on this one, look, the other plays, like that there are understandable reasons why things went south beyond the quarterback. You know, whether it's the defense making a good play or pressure or whatever. Here, he's got to make a throw. And there are options here. I mean, it's first and ten. You can throw one of the underneath routes and get five yards and call it a day. If he was waiting for something to really come open downfield, there's stuff open downfield. So this one is one I think people probably want to focus on because this is a bit of a head-scratcher to me. The final play is the interception you know, that went off Edelman's hands. And yes, kids, this is Haas. Hitches on the outside, seam routes from the slot guy on the left and the middle trips receiver, and then you get Edelman's route. And it's important to note that I don't know with 100% certainty that it's Juke, okay? Most recent Patriots playbook I have, which is a very recent one, the coaching point on the whole juke series and that juke route is as follows. If you are running juke, which, you know, you start to the inside, you sit down and then you can either stay across the formation, stay there on this little like slant stop or break back towards the other sideline. You are taught not to show the quarterback your eyes until you have run your route, until you are ready for the football. So until you have declared and decided which route of those three options you're going to run, you do not show the quarterback your eyes. There is a variation of that called punk, where you run the initial like slant stop, you show the quarterback your eyes, and then you continue across down the line of scrimmage. Well, like two yards down the line of scrimmage. And that is what we call a locked route. You are running that. So if this was Hoss Z Punk then Edelman would show that little like slant stop, show Newton his eyes, and then continue across the formation. 
if this is, you know, Haas Z Juke, then he's not showing Newton his eyes until he's like run his route. So if he's going to sit down, sit down, show your eyes. If you're going to go across the formation, sit down, stop, start across the formation again, show your eyes. If you're going to break back out, sit down, stop, break back out, show your eyes. That's the mechanics of it. So now let's talk about what happens here because he knows it's man coverage and he knows it's man coverage because you've got a linebacker flexed to the boundary across from Rex Burkhead who runs the hitch route on the outside along the left sideline. And so you know, pre-snap, Cam Newton knows this is man coverage. Now he opens to the left where you get Bird on the seam, Burkhead on the hitch. Hits his drop depth. If it's me, I'm throwing this hitch because the linebacker is giving him like five yards of cushion because, you know, it's second and seven. You'll give up in a 30 to six game a five-yard hitch. But that's what I'm throwing. I got it. I'm taking it. It's the old adage. You never go bankrupt taking a profit if you're a quarterback. Throw it. You're not going to throw the seam because that's capped and you've got a safety up the seam over the top of that as well. You're not throwing that. Newton comes off of that concept and comes to Edelman. And here's where there is... Something that happens in this moment that I can give you the easiest possible explanation or the hardest possible explanation. Easiest possible explanation is this. Edelman runs his route, sits down, shows the quarterback his eyes. He's, in my mind, declared, I'm running juke and I'm sitting down because this guy's playing off. He's giving me a cushion. I'm just going to take the profit. When Newton works back to him, they're on the same page. Newton wants to throw to Edelman where he is. But then you get a little bit of pressure. The pocket starts to break down. You really sort of get pressure again from the right side. Justin Heron gets driven back into Newton's lap. And I think what might happen, this is easiest possible explanation. Edelman sees that the pocket's collapsing. He's anticipating that Newton's going to bail the pocket to his left, so he starts scramble drill. I'm going to mirror him, stay available. Newton, feeling that pocket collapse in front of him to his right off the right tackle, starts to throw to where Edelman was. Because Edelman, when he starts to then break across the formation, is just outside the hash mark. And that's where this throw is going. So I think what happened was Edelman anticipated that Newton was going to bail. Newton felt the pressure and thought he had to get it out. And it, that's the easiest explanation. The harder explanation is that there was some sort of miscommunication between the two of them. And I can't say de definitively that there, there was because I don't know if he's running a locks route or not. And so I, I wish I knew, but I think the far easier explanation is Newton feels the pocket collapsing off the right edge. So he forces the throw under duress. He can't set his feet, can't step into it. It's slightly off target from where Edelman was, but it was going in Newton's mind to where Edelman was when he sat down. Edelman sees the pocket collapse. And as somebody that's executed millions of scramble drill moments in his life, 
expects Newton to start to flush. So he starts to go across that way, thinking he's going to roll this way. I'm going to stay in my quarterback's line of sight. And that's where things broke down. And so there you go. There's 20. I could just stop the show now and say, heck, forget it. We're doing another show. But we forge on with Josh Allen. We're going to talk some zone coverage. But, but just to tie a bow on this, with the benefit of stopping and pausing and rewinding and slow motion, all that stuff, is it all Cam Newton? No. To Escobar season 11's initial point that started us off, is this all Cam? No. It's not. You know, there's more to it, and we get the benefit now of the technology to see that there's certainly more to it. But this does sort of tie into my main overarching point Sunday night, Monday morning, which is there's no silver bullet. You know, if it were just all Cam Newton, you'd say, all right, well, then maybe you make it switch to Jared Stidham. But that's not going to fix everything. Are there moments when guys are covered and there's nowhere to go? Yeah. Are there moments when guys are open and Cam's not throwing it? Yeah. Are there moments when guys aren't open and Cam doesn't have time? Yeah. Are there moments when guys are open and Cam does have time? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot going on right now. And again, there's no, there's seemingly sitting here right now, no silver bullet. Now, maybe if there is a silver lining to what the Patriots face this week against the Buffalo Bills, you can run on the Bills. So if you can confuse Josh Allen and force some mistakes from him, you can keep this in that positive game script type of situation, rely on the run game. CEH has gashed him. Derrick Henry has gashed him. Frank Gore had six yards of carry against him. But you got to confuse Josh Allen if you're going to do that. So how do you do that? That's ahead here in episode 146 of The Sco Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Mark Schofield back with you here on episode 146 of the SCO Show. And I know we went long in the first half, so not going to be as long. going to be more quick and to the point here in the second quote-unquote half of the show. But I do want to stress Josh Allen is still playing pretty good football. But something that we have seen in the past couple of weeks with game against Tennessee, game against Kansas City, and even last week against the Jets is teams are playing more zone coverage against him. Now, in the first half of the year, look, he was carving teams up, man coverage, he's throwing great touch and trajectory and all sorts of things like that on throws. But now they're making him think. Defenses are making him think. And it's forcing some throws to be late, and it's given defenses a chance to make plays against him. And a play that is absolutely emblematic of this it's from last week against the Jets. It's a first and 10, second quarter, 13-18 mark. And Allen has information pre-snap. They start out in empty, motion the running back back into the backfield. Defense just slides. He knows it's zone coverage. But what they do is they play a pattern match zone coverage here. 
Because even though they're showing them two high safeties, they drop one down right at the snap. And to the left side, when the Bills run a sort of curl flat concept, they basically play pattern match on that. It's actually almost man match, I'd say. Because the corner, he sticks on the outside receiver. And the, and the safety, as he comes down, he carries that to the flat when the, run, when the slot receiver goes to the flat. So it's man principles to that side. To the backside, it's zone principles. You got a safety in the middle of the field. You got linebackers zoned up underneath. You got a zone over. It's a mirrored curl flat. So you got, you know, corner over the top route, and it, you know the other defender sort of in the flat. And so, Allen has options. He can throw either curl route, but for whatever reason, he doesn't like it because he's thinking it's man now. So his eyes come to the route, the sit route in the middle of the field, which is now bracketed by two underneath zone linebackers. He double clutches on that, throws the curl to the right side late, and by that time, the defender has a chance to break on him, break it up. Just one more play to sort of work through this. This is a second and seven situation, second quarter, 301 mark. They come out 11 personnel. I formation in the backfield with a tight end as a fullback. They go play action, and you've got what works out to be 989. We've got vertical routes on the outside, post route from the slot receiver. And pre-snap, Allen sees first a two-high look, and then he sees the other safety drop down into the box. This is the safety to the single receiver side. And that single receiver is, as you might expect... Jerry Davis, speedy guy. And they get Beasley in the slot, and Diggs is the receiver to the right side. Now, they've done some stuff with Davis in this game and in other games, and so when Allen sees this, and he knows Davis is running a go route, he sees the corner with inside leverage, he sees the safety down in the box, he's assuming this is going to be some sort of cover one look, and I'm going to have my shot here. So he executes his play-action fake, turning his back to the defense, and as he does, they almost spin this into a cover-six look because that corner does play inside, but he's playing it more like a cover-two corner. He's going to trail him in that safety he thought was down in the box. He then bails to be a half-field corner and helps on the top of that route. Backside, it works out like quarters where it's almost man-to-man. So Newton sees that. And now he gives it a chance, thinking he could still throw this vertical route, but now he's thinking, no, 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 I can't do it. And as he's working through what to do next, he gets blitzed from the slot on the other side, and that's starting to get home. And so he bails the pocket, eventually forces a late scramble to a throw in the direction of Stephon Diggs, which falls incomplete. What does he miss? He misses Beasley in the middle of the field, corkscrew that safety into the turf and Beasley's open for six. But because he sort of gets flustered and confused by the rotation, he misses it. The blitz then comes. It's perfectly timed and executed. He bails the pocket 
and you force an incompletion. And, and so, so what do these two plays tell us? They, they tell us you've got to give him different looks. You've got to confuse him post-snap. You've got to give him something that he wasn't expecting pre-snap. You've got to mix things up on him. I did a show with Matt Waldman today, recording this on Tuesday night, and we talked about zone and blitz, that combination, that combination of zone and pressure, that's the way you beat this guy right now. And so that's what the Patriots have to do. They have to show him some zone stuff or at least some stuff he's not expecting, maybe even showing him zone stuff pre-snap and then spitting it to man, get some pressure on him, force him into these moments where he's confused or takes a second to rethink things, where his expectations aren't met in terms of what he sees pre-snap and expects pre-snap, that's when you can force mistakes from him. And if you can force mistakes from him, you can stay in your positive script scenarios as an offense. And if you can do that, you can run the ball on the guys, on these guys, and that's how you win this game. Will it happen? We'll find out. Anyway, that's it for me for now. I will be back post-game Sunday night, Monday morning to break this down. Um, stay safe, check on your loved ones. I know, look, you, you read the news, you see the numbers right now, cases, hospitalization, things are climbing, but we know more about this virus right now. Um, but it doesn't mean you should let your guard down, you know, so still stay safe, um, mask, social distance and all that stuff. Um, I, I know it's a grind. I ate the mask too, but it's what you do. It's what you do for your neighbors. It's, it's what you do for your loved ones. So, you know, wear the masks, social distance, wash your hands, sin along. When you wash those hands, sin along and bless those Patriots reigns. Down and fall.